You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. said, he who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. John indeed was sent and commissioned by God to be a witness of the light, but John was just a man. John was not divine, nor was he the light, and he says that clearly. And I think of all the things that I love about John the Baptist and all the things that I can learn from John the Baptist, this is one of the greatest and best things I can learn from him. He always pointed to Jesus Christ. As Pastor Dave continues his teaching series through the Gospel of John, he'll be challenging you to decrease and allow Jesus to increase in your life. There can only be one on the throne of your heart, and if you're a Christian, that one needs to be Jesus. Purpose to make Jesus master over your life and step aside. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 1 as he continues his message, The Man Sent from God. Jesus is the Son of God. John was sent to tell people that the light had come into the world. Why? Because the nation Israel was blinded in spite of their spiritual advantages. The nation Israel was completely blinded, even though they had the commandments of God, even though God had chose their forefathers to make this nation, even though they carried the oracles of God, even though they were God's people and he was their God. God belonged to them, but they were blinded. They were misguided by their own leaders. They were bound by a law that was so heavy, no one could bear it. And now the light shined into the darkness. And remember what we read last week in verse 5? But darkness didn't comprehend it. Darkness didn't comprehend it. And we will read later on that the darkness liked the light, or excuse me, men liked the darkness better than the light. But the light now shone in the darkness. Darkness didn't comprehend it. The nation Israel is blinded to their own Messiah. In a sense, we are all like John. We are all like John the Baptist. We are all bearing witness of the light. The light that was in us. We're going to read later on in John that Jesus is going to say, you're the light of the world. You are the light of the world. We know in Matthew it says, let your light so shine that men might see your good works and give you a pat on the back. No, it doesn't say that. It says, let your light so shine that men might see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. That's the reason for the light in you. John came and said, there's the light. And he's going to point to him in several occasions. We're bearing witness. We are bearing witness in a darkened world. We live in a very, very dark world. A world that is getting darker by the day. Darker by the day when you see the atrocities committed by both candidates who want to be our president. When you hear of these things, you should just shudder. 
It should make us wonder and make us look up and pray, Lord, come quickly. What does a witness do? What does a witness do? I said like John, we're to be witnesses. What does a witness do? Well, a witness just shares what they've experienced. That's all. A witness shares what they experience. What have you experienced in your life? Jesus Christ. You've experienced what he has done in your life. You experienced the old life, and now because of Jesus Christ, you're experiencing the new life. What was once old is now new. What was once dead is now alive. And you experience that, and you tell people that. This is it. This is what I know. For that's all we can we tell them. I can tell them my story. Some of you have great stories. Some of you have stories that are better than mine, but I can't tell your story because it's your story. But you can tell your story. And the day before Thanksgiving, on Wednesday night, we always have a testimony night, a time when we can get up and give testimony. And I invite you all here to share your story, to share your stories of what God's done and what God is doing. You share personally what Jesus Christ has done in your life. I have people who come to tell me, I can't be a witness. I don't know what to share. Share what God has done in you. Share what God has done in you. You once were this, and now you're this. And this is the evidence. I'm not, not, not what I was. I'm not what I should be. I'm sure not what I'm going to be. Because that's going to be glorious. The world is dark. The world is blinded, mainly because of religion. The world is blinded because of religion and the traditions of man. We're blinded. Share the experience. That's your witness. I don't care how many Bible verses you know. I don't care how much knowledge you have of doctrine. But the more you know about Jesus and the more you're submitted to the Holy Spirit. Notice one thing, folks. Zacharias and John the Baptist had something in common. They both were filled with the Holy Spirit. Each of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. The more you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the more your witness will have power. The more your witness will go forth with great power. Because that is one of the reasons why the Holy Spirit was given to us. Jesus said in Acts 1 verse 8, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. Witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outermost portions of the world. Tell people what God has done in our lives. Notice what it doesn't say. Notice what it doesn't say. Jesus didn't say when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you argue the snot out of them. You debate with them as if nobody ever debated before. You run up there and you convince them by shaking them by their collar. Doesn't say that at all. It says share the truth with them. Share the truth with them. Your Bible should not have head dents in it from beating people over the head with it. You should not have head dents in your Bible. Like John the Baptist, our job is to share the truth. The truth of Jesus as best we can. It's not up to us to make people understand. John didn't want to make people understand. He just gave them the message. This is the message. Here it is. Witnessing is not confrontation. Witnessing is not argumentative. And it's not applying pressure. 
It's simply telling the truth about who Jesus is, why he came, why everyone needs to have him as their savior. We should find great pleasure in sharing the word of God, sharing the Lord with people and what he's done in our lives, what he's currently doing in our lives and how he's going to come and take us all home, what he yet will do. Great pleasure. At the end of verse 7, it says that all through him might believe. All through Jesus might believe. This is the reason for John's witness. People believing in Jesus. Messiah, Savior, our rock, our redeemer. We just sang that. Then believing that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. Then believing that he is who he said he is. And he came to do what he said he did. Take away our sins. Cleanse us. Restore us back to the Father. Restore us back to God. It was God's plan. God's plan. You know in 2 Peter 3.9 what it says, God is not willing that any should perish. God's not willing that anybody should perish, but all would come to repentance. All would come to the knowledge of the truth. This is God's heart desires. You read this and you're looking into the heart of God. You're looking into the very heart of God. It's God's desire that none would perish. Not one. Wow. <laughs> Think of that person that just bugs the living snot out of you right now. Think of that person that is so irritating you. Every time you're by them, you wish you had a fly swatter. So they go, we all have those people in your life. Who knows? I could be that for you. I don't know. Think of the person. Think of the person that bugs you the most. Well, guess what, folks? Our God is madly in love with that person to the point of sending his son to die on a cruel Roman cross. That's how much he was madly in love with that person. In fact, he's just as madly in love with that person as he is with you. He loved us so much that he would allow his own son, his own beloved son, to come to earth as a man, to experience our pains, to experience our weaknesses, to suffer at our hands, and to take upon himself the sin of all mankind, past, present, and future, dying on a cruel Roman cross. If that does not prove the love of God, then nothing I say will ever prove it. You know Romans 5, verse 8, God demonstrated his love for us, that while we're yet sinners, Jesus died on the cross. That explains it right there. John came to be a witness of the light the light that shined brightly in the darkened world. John came to be a witness so that all might believe. Listen to what the great Matthew Henry said about John the Baptist. Quote, He taught men to look through him and pass through him to Christ. Though the doctrine of repentance, through the doctrine of repentance to that of faith in Christ. He prepared men for the reception and entertainment of Christ and his gospel by awakening them to a sight and sense of sin and that their eyes being thereby open, they might be ready to admit those beams of divine light which, in the person and the doctrine of Messiah, were now ready to shine in their faces. Unquote. God was, John was truly sent by God. He was truly sent with a mission. But we're also told in our verses what John or who John was not. And this is important. Let's read verse 8 and 15. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. 15 says, John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, 
This is he of whom I said, he who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. John indeed was sent and commissioned by God to be a witness of the light. But John was just a man. John was not divine. Nor was he the light. And he says that clearly. And I think of all the things that I love about John the Baptist and all the things that I can learn from John the Baptist, this is one of the greatest and best things I can learn from him. He always pointed to Jesus Christ. He never pointed to himself. He always pointed to Christ. He always stepped aside and said him. He's the one. John knew his commission, and John knew his position. He always pointed to Christ. See, John the Baptist is one of the most important people in the New Testament. He's mentioned in the entire New Testament some 89 times, and he had a specific pleasure of introducing Jesus to the nation Israel. He also had the difficult task of preparing Israel to meet their Messiah. He called them to repent from their sins and to prove their repentance by being baptized and then living changed lives. He never takes anything for granted. He always points to Christ, the light, the Savior. I'm not him. That's what he would say. I'm not he. There's one coming after me who is preferred before me because he was before me. An interesting, interesting statement. John was six months older than Jesus. Once again, the Apostle John is using John's witness as showing the preeminence of Jesus Christ. And he does this throughout his gospel, always talking about Jesus' preeminence. I love the part when the Pharisees are saying something about Abraham, and Jesus says, oh yeah, before Abraham was, I am. And they were ready to stone him. Why? Two things. Number one, he was declaring that he lived before Abraham and he used the, used the noun for God, I am. He was declaring he was God. That's why they wanted to stone him. How dare him? He always says, he was before me. John is basically saying the same thing that the apostle John said in the first verses. Jesus is eternal. He is eternal. He was before time. And he'll be here after time. He is eternal. John says he was not the light. He wasn't the light that was promised. They all knew the scriptures. They all read the scriptures. The Jews now still are waiting for the Messiah. They're still waiting for the Messiah to come. How sad. They know the scriptures. They look at the Old Testament and says, one's going to come. He's here it is and they'll prove it to you. One commentator said this, quote, John the Baptist was like a star like that which guided the wise men to Christ, a morning star, but he was not the son nor the bridegroom, but he was the friend of the bride. To correct this mistake, the Apostle John speaks very, very honorably of him, but yet he shows that he, John the Baptist, just like we, must give Christ his proper place in our lives. We must give him the proper place in our lives. If you take any credit for your salvation, you've done wrong. If you think that you had anything to do with it except believing, you've done wrong. John was a witness. He was the great prophet of the highest. John pretended, if John pretended to be the light, it would have been a false witness. 
It would have been a false witness. There are those who would usurp the honor of Christ and try to forfeit the honor. They forfeit their servanthood. Yet John was very serviceable because he was a witness to the light, though he was not the light. This was the true light which gives light to every man. So if you read verse 9, this was the true light which gives light to every man coming in the world, that means that there must be a false light. If there's a true light coming into the world, certainly there's got to be a false light. Paul speaks about it in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen when he said Satan describes, dis disguises himself as an angel of light. It's so easy for all the people, including Christians, to be taken in by images and outward appearances. Many will only recognize evil if it openly declares itself as evil. But this approach will end up embracing Satan. And we're going to see this in the end times. When the Antichrist comes, who is basically filled with Satan, and he presents himself, and he draws men and women to him. Satan transforms himself as an angel of light. If Satan were to appear before an audience, many would be tempted to worship him because of his divine beauty alone. Scripture tells us that he was absolutely beautiful. He would be regarded as an angel of light. At the end times, no one will be able to say that he didn't have an opportunity to know that there's a God. The light has come, and it now lights the way for every man. And you read Romans 1, that creation is all around us, and creation is God's testimony. And that our conscience verifies this, that this is the truth. Psalm 19 declares that the heavens are the glory of God. And there's no place on earth where the voice is not heard, that voice calling in the wilderness. So whether a man looks up to the sky or, or gazes upon God's creation or something happens in their heart, a quickening or something, or something that he's witnessed, man is left without excuse. Man is left without excuse of the existence of a creator. You know what? I believe that deep down inside of everyone's heart, they truly believe intuitively and innately that God does exist. There's been many, many, many records of atheists who have died and on their deathbed have declared that God did exist. Yes, God's speaking to us. And he's doing everything he can. God believes that no one should perish. So he speaks to us. Whether he's speaking through an angel like he did to Zacharias, whether he's speaking through a miracle, whether he's speaking through Christians, or whether he's speaking through a donkey. And yes, sometimes he even uses us. If you're concerned about the lost people in your life and are concerned about God's ability to reach them, don't sit around pondering what God wants you to do. Like John the Baptist, we have been called. We have been given a commission. We've been given a commission just like John the Baptist. You don't believe me? Turn to Matthew. You know exactly where I'm going. Turn to Matthew. The end of Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. It's called the Great Commission. Jesus is declaring it. He says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The Great Commission 
the duty of all Christians, not just pastors. It's the duty of us all. Jesus has commissioned us. Jesus had the authority to commission us. And it indicates an authoritative command. All authority has been given to me, and now I command you. If you've ever been in the military, you don't understand commands. You understand the chain of command. And when someone over you gives you a command, you understand that since you're under his command and authority, you need to follow his command. Jesus begins the Great Commission by saying, hey, all authority has been given to me. And now I'm telling you to go. I'm telling you to go. I'm telling you to go. He has the authority. He can send whomever he wants. And for some reason, he's chosen us. We go by his authority. We go under his authority. It's his authority that guides us. And it's his authority that empowers us by the Holy Spirit. It's his work. It's his message. And we continue it just like the disciples did. The command to make disciples, not merely converts. Don't go around with a big belt with all these knots in it. Look, I got another person saved today. Woohoo, look at that, man. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Who have you discipled lately? Who have you discipled in the Lord? Remember, grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Growing up in Christ. Because you become a new believer and you walk around and go, what do I do now? You go to these massive rallies, and we I love them. I love Greg Laurie's crusades, don't get me wrong. And we go to those things, and we see all these people coming forward, all these people coming forward, and my heart goes, what now? What happens to these people now? Do they fall through the cracks? What happens to them? They need to be discipled. People need to know the next step. People need to know that after salvation, what comes next? They need to know that. We have a book back there on our table called What's Next? Or Now What, I think. It helps people know what to do next, what happens. We're to make disciples. Let me leave you with a quote. Actually, it's a scripture from Romans 10. How can they believe in Jesus if they have not heard of him? And how can they hear of him without a preacher or someone to tell them And how can they tell them except they were sent? God is sending us today, folks. He is sending you today. The voice is still calling out. The message is still clear. Are you listening? He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. God is still speaking loudly. He's looking for ears to hear it and carry the message to a dying world. They're dying out there, folks. They're dying. And where they're gone is not pleasant. They're dying. The voice is still calling you. Let's give heed to what the voice says. And let us move forward under his authority. Amen? You are The book of John covers Jesus' life and ministry here on earth, but the book begins long before Jesus was born in a manger. He existed with God the Father from the start. So many other religions have some figure they look to or commemorate, but none of those mere men accomplished what Jesus did. 
Jesus came as a man and died, but then he came back to life because he's God. No other man can claim that remarkable feat. Only God could do this, and therefore, the only true one to follow is Jesus. What might be holding you back today in believing all that God says he is and does? If you have some questions you'd like answered, we'd be happy to try and answer these questions or pray with you about what's weighing on your heart. Please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609 609- 884-5821. Keep looking to scripture for answers and know that we care about the journey you're on. We're so glad you tuned in to A Sure Hope today. You can hear more messages like this one from Pastor Dave at our website. Just click on the messages tab when you visit assurehoperadio.com. We'd love to meet you too. Find out how you can join us for worship at Calvary Chapel Cape May by visiting assurehoperadio.com. You'll also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Links for both are at assurehoperadio.com. There's more to learn from the book of John next time, so be sure to join us again on another edition of A Sure Hope.